It is time to go off the grid with uh, Procon SA and uh, as always welcoming uh, Marius, uh, Marius Deval from Procon SA who's actually joining us right now on our birthday uh, today on the uh, 1st of uh, September. Uh, that's so nice to have you on board Marius, uh, very big hello to you. Yeah, Ian, it, it, it is actually, it's a, for us, it's also, we, we feel like celebrating with you a second birthday. And I don't know if a child can celebrate it in, on two years, but we want to celebrate with you and congratulations. And, Thank you. and we hope that this relationship is going to last for many, many years to come and your radio station will, will just grow. And my, my father bless you in this regard. Oh, in, in terms you. of your radio station and we're looking forward to the day and I just said to you now to when you when you bypass at a skier, we want to be the <laughs> platinum client client with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh well that's great Marius. Uh, thank you so much also for your support and uh, for sharing your knowledge with us, your wealth of knowledge every single uh, week here on uh, Off the Grid. And that's exactly what we're doing again today. There's been uh, a few interesting news items. I think we'll uh, start off with uh, uh, the former CEO of ESCOM, uh, Brian Mulefe. This week yes. he uh, appeared in court. He uh, pleaded poverty when he applied yeah. for bail at the Palm Ridge Magistrates Court. Uh, he's facing fraud and corruption charges. And then he was granted 50,000 Rand bail. But it's yeah. emerged now that he took home more than 9 million Rand a year as a top earning parastatal boss at ESCOM at one stage. 9 mil a yeah. year. Yes, and that, that, that's 100% correct. You must remember that that's only the legal money. The rest that he took home, I think, is much, much, much more. The 9 million is actually, and the, the claim of poverty uh, is the same like uh, old President Zuma. It's, it's exactly the same situation. I mean, just, just uh, we remember still clearly Madoncela's uh, report of secured in luxury. All these guys are doing it. All of a sudden, there's no money. And and if they really have no money, they must be they must be the last of the big money spenders because to spend the amount of money that's gone under their supervision is is crazy. It's a crazy amount that that is gone. So no, I, I don't believe it for one second. And now but he says there's nothing left. There's nothing left. (laughs) Imagine if he's claiming poverty, what would we say? Exactly. And he's used to taking home big bucks because apparently uh, between 2013 and 2014, as the group CEO of Transnet, he took home uh, about 12.4 million rand. That's correct. And that's without without bonuses. And that's also without the illegal pension that was paid out to him and all the things from ESCOM and all. Yeah, it's just... uh, I, I don't, I don't, before this stuff doesn't end, our woes and in terms of the power, and it, it, I mean, four hours ago, they, they warned us now again from the, they have a photo here on, on news network of the Eldorado Park substation that we're going to end up, if, if nothing goes wrong, we will only have 22nd days of, of, of load shedding in summer, but if, Anything goes wrong, is they say, and if we lose about 1,500 megawatts, that's 1.5 gigawatts, 
if, if we lose that, it can go up to phase three and even to phase six. And from September to March next year, we can look forward to 123 days of load shedding Oof. and even up to 189 days of, of load shedding in a, in a worse scenario. And there's nothing, if they, if they start to warn us upfront about this, it is just, I, I, I can just see it coming. And they, they say in terms, in terms of the basis uh, of the scenarios of the 22 days of, of load shedding, even that will cost ESCOM 9.1 billion in terms of diesel only. So if you look at what, what we, what we had in terms of from, from 1 April 2021 to 31 March 2022, the 65 days of, of load shedding that we, that we had, there was there was eight days of phase one, phase two was 43, phase three was four, and phase four was, was, was four. But they don't even report the phase six that we had and, and all the close shaving and even, and then you, then you should look at, at the, at the load shedding to up to date just in 2022. Phase one was six, phase two was 52 days, phase three was seven. Phase four was 19, phase five was three, and phase six was four days. So if you look at that, uh, according to ESCOM, and that's their own data, in, the, in, this, in this current uh, book year, we had already 77 days of, of load shedding, which is more than the 65 days of the complete last year. So it, it, if you look at the, the trend, it is definitely going downwards. And uh, I see that they that they say in terms of and it's so it's so typical that that uh, Andre the writer uh, when I asked him questions today in terms of this he said that they're battling two years to <laughs> to give Soweto over to Johannesburg and Johannesburg don't want Soweto <laughs> and the, <laughs> the yes. delivery of power to Soweto because I say his people can't work there anymore. You know, the, the technicians, uh, they are threatened with, not only threatened, they are definitely attacked and, and they, 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 yeah. they just cannot even work in, in Soweto. But then it's a typical thing what he mentioned. He say it's a political, it's a political connection that Johannesburg must take, must take responsibility for this. And the moment that you bring the politics in, in terms of power, it's, it's going down. So, and and with this, I mean, if you, uh, I don't know if if, if if I can even call him a, a moron, but very Montage <laughs> say that, it, yeah, he wants the 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 oldest the oldest power station, the Indrina, Crystal, and Camden. They together generate about four point eight gigawatts. He wants to convert them to to gas power stations, but not. Not LP gas as we as we know it, the gas that they're fighting in Europe with now. So where are we going to get this gas? So everybody is now just saying, oh, "You are so stupid, my mate. You even think about it. It will not work. It cannot work." And then then the stupid amount that they're saying here, and this is this is for me all red flags. They say. Uh, it's almost a third of ESCOM's power stations that they that that is now nearing the end of the of the of their life, and it will cost us. You must listen to this: one thousand billion rand in terms of 
just replacing it, not to build new, in, in order, not, not to build new capacity, but just to replace those. Yeah. And if you look at ESCOM is currently uh, 396 million or billion rand in the red. I mean, if you add another thousand billion, how can this even be possible for a country like South Africa? It, something will need to happen. Something will need to happen, and I just hope that the sanity will prevail with these guys. And I just maintain again that if you look at contractors currently in ESCOM, there's about 17,000 contractors that they contract in on a daily basis. They got 42,000 of their own employees and they should have in a region of 17 to 18,000. No business. No, this is not a sustainable model that we're talking about. So, yeah, this is in short what was happening or what was good, what was uh, big news in terms of the and, and they, for the first time, they openly, they openly say in terms of the Kuberg uh, power station that the plan to change out of the of the fuel cells happened, but not not the boiler. So it mm. is out in the now and the guys, and and that's actually a very very hard source story because you will have to have one unit one and two outages again to change the boilers if they want to extend the life. So I, I think we we are in for a rough ride in terms of ESCOM. And my only hope is that it goes online very, very quickly. And then I can share with you, I, I, I'm a little bit reluctant, but I had a very interesting discussion with a guy very high up today in the, in the food chain. And uh, uh, I believe that the power station or the sun, the sun, the sun, the sun farm at Katu is not the normal solar farm that you that's working with solar panels. It's a farm that that that's actually heating up salt. It's it's, uh, it's, uh, it's working with mirrors and they're heating up salt and the salt wow. is then turning into steam, turning the water into steam and they do the generators. But it's a you can go and read up on it. It's a hundred uh, megawatt uh, plant that they installed. It's in it's for three years in production now, and I heard. I heard that there is a massive, a massive court case pending in terms of it because the highest that this plant ever produced in the last three years was 38 megawatts. Wow. From 100, from the design, so and it's now hand over time after three years of operation. Mm. And uh, it's a it's an overseas company that's managing it, but they got a lot of South African partners, and even our small plain business commerce, I think, also own seventeen percent of it. Uh, and the company is Angie. It's Angie. They also have in Friedenberg the, the, the wind farm. So I I think there's fun and games to come. At a very at the at the at the level that we won't know because if you if you look at if in terms of workmanship if the court case is going to be one there's going to be a few guys out of uh, out of they they will definitely I think it will be one of the biggest court cases ever in terms of power in South Africa. Wow, uh, Marius. So as we look at uh, some more load shedding this summer in South Africa, now that we've entered spring, uh, I see that uh, France is bracing for a very uncertain winter. 
as a nuclear power shortage looms. I never knew this and I'm quite surprised, but a record number of France's nuclear reactors, 56 of them have gone offline for overdue <coughs> maintenance and checks related to corrosion issues that surfaced yep. uh, last year in December. So they, yep. uh, it looks like they also, they're not calling it load shedding, but it pretty much looks like they are looking at, I think uh, the <laughs> Prime Minister called it rationing, power rationing for uh, yes. the winter in France. Quite surprised to see yep. that story this week. Yeah, it it it, it, it is, uh, and it, it, it's a first world country. But I think I think the the the, the reason for it, the root cause really is the lack of of methane, the earth gas that they are powering the, the regular power stations that the Russian just uh, switch uh, that, that, that the Russia just switch off, and mm. also delaying it. I think I think the whole of Europe is in for a very rough ride. They encouraging the guys now already to use power and every single resource in terms of energy very, very sparingly. So, and, and, and we, we all thought that uh, this, this thing can have the spark to ignite really a World War Three. Yeah. If you if you look at it, because what's happening is very, very concerning. And, and then you get a guy like Guile Montage and say, there is no gas in the world. I don't, I don't know if you got a Russian connection that they will import the gas from Russia. Maybe it's possible. We're part of the BRICS, of the BRICS nation and we, we're supporting Russia in what they're doing. Uh, although I, my, my opinion is that uh, it's a typical land grab that uh, Putin is busy with and he's threatening. He's actually holding the whole of Europe ransom. You know, especially, especially Germany, but France is. A very big surprise. I, I didn't. I didn't think France, France, or it. But they also just and they close all the their coal power station. I think Germany mm. is opening a few uh, that they mothballed. That's opening because they got enormous coal reserves. The reserves Germany. So the only thing that opened for them on the short term is to revive these power stations and start to produce power. Otherwise, they're going to have huge troubles this winter coming. France is definitely a surprise, as you said, but uh, we'll keep an eye on that story and uh, talk about it. Uh, all the countries, a lot of countries overseas battling with electricity or energy uh, problems, uh, mostly related to Russia. There's a, a yeah. whole knock-on effect, and it looks like uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin isn't uh, giving up anytime soon because he already appointed uh, new members in his uh, in his army yeah. and stuff for the next yeah. seven months at least. So that's yeah. uh, interesting. But now come us back to South Africa too. Ek sien uh, gister het uh, Eskom vir uh, die uh, stad van Pretoria of Tswane eh, gesê nie hulle keer hulle uh, betalingsreelings af. Het jy dit gesien? Ja, het, ek, het, ek het dit gesien en ek wil kyk of Eskom nou by sy woord gaan hou en hulle kracht op sit. Jo, ek kan dit nie voorstel nie hoor. Ek, ek, kan, ek kan dit ook nie insien nie, want dit sal chaos wees. As jy net as jy net kyk na, uh, ek meen hospitale en al die plekke het generators, maar as Eskom kan nie eers met die generator wat diesel is voorblij nie, geen private en geen staatinstelling sal kan volhou om met generators te werk. Jy, jy kan net nie, dit is net te dier. Mm-hmm. Jy praat van tussen 8 en 12 rand a kilowatt in termen van opwekkingsvermoe, so en niemand, jy eers nabe nie, dan, dan dan praat jy nie eens van die dienste van die generator en al die ander dinge wat daarmee gepaard gaan en al die, al die ander dinge. So ek kan nie sien dit gebeur nie, maar wat is die stappe wat hier ons gaan doen om die invordering te doen? 
ek, die ANC het hierdie kultuur van nie betaling geskep by hulle mense, en nou kom die, nou weet, nou, nou kom alles, alles, alles kom nou uit, die, the roosters are coming home and the, everything is, is happening now and, and and they can do nothing because they created this monster. So they must get into bed with this monster now and they must, I don't know what they're going to do. The only thing, the only guys that have the money to solve this problem is me and you that's paying the bill. So we're going to foot the bill for this. Somebody's going to pay, it's not going to be the government and even if the government is, pay, is paying it, it's, it's still me and you that that, uh, uh, that are taxpayers in this country that are, are, are footing this bill. So if they don't privatize ESCOM, they're going to have huge... We, we are, my, my, my opinion is that we won't, it won't last for three years. They, they have a chance now while it's still, while it's still in a... In a in a moderate, in a decent way that you can still give it over and the private sector can still make a success out of it, but uh, oh yeah, and the other plan of, of, of the other one that, that Vantashe also, also announced is, is the fact that he wants to have a second a second ESCOM, they call it Power 2, so <laughs> it, it is, yeah like, or they call it ESCOM 2 so what is going to what is going to go with the ESCOM if 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 ESCOM two if ESCOM one can't make it? I, I know mean, that's exactly have, it. If you have an ESCOM two, it's again top heavy, it's again top management. It's another. It's almost like when we went over from from uh, three ninety ninety four, we had four four provincial four provinces, and going over to to nine and the 10th one in terms of the central government. We are so top-heavy in terms of state departments and employees that we can't even food their bill. We can't even pay their salary bill. And this is exactly what Mantashi is creating by by splitting ESCOM up. By it, the, the splitting up of ESCOM will not contribute one cent towards it. It will cost the country. It will cost you money because imagine just three companies instead of one. All the overheads, all the head offices, all the top management, everybody that, that's getting from, from everybody money. And now Mantashi's big plan is to create ESCOM 2. So, yeah, yeah, well, I, unless it, ESCOM 2 is, is privately owned, I don't see it working at all. It's just going to be a, yeah. a replica of uh, ESCOM 1, the original, and we all know that's not working. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's if you, if you look at what's happening in the in that world, and the one the one power station is the Indrina power station, and Indrina is literally 200 meters. I, I I worked on I, I I worked there so I know exactly. And the optimum mine is the one the Gupta mine is 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 providing coal for Indrina power station. And just just by just for interesting sake is that optimum mine is the biggest drag line mine in the world. They they have eleven drag lines and and and, and now you want to take a, a place like like that mine instead of sorting out the good does you want to convert it to gas, just imagine what would it cost even if we import gas from, let's, let's say from Russia. Let's say we can import gas from Russia. How expensive would it be? They will most probably land it in Richard's Bay, which is the closest port, 
oyunda böyle yeni YouTube'daki Ayda Bayrağı Obay Obay Bayrağı It is going to increase the cost of electricity that to a level that is completely unaffordable. So uh, they must they must stop this guy. They mustn't stop Eskom. They must stop this guy. In his track. Yeah, no, definitely. Marius, uh, just before we uh, end off today, I'd like to uh, share a very uh, positive story with you. Uh, we go to America... Uh, at the Batesville School District, where uh, this is just an incredible story. Uh, before, yeah. the, before the introduction of solar power, the Batesville School District was struggling to pay the salaries of its uh, teachers. They're catering yeah. to more than 3,200 students. But yeah. then in 2017, the school decided to buy about 1,500 solar panels and they yeah. used them to uh, cover a nearby field that was not uh, in use. And now yeah. they're selling back that uh, excess power to the energy grid in the area and uh, they're actually getting a very, very nice uh, incentive financially. Yeah. And what they're doing now is they're finally able to pay the teachers and pay them bonuses from yeah. the money they generate for the solar and also free electricity for the school. Isn't that just an amazing concept? Yeah, it is. Uh, solar is a no-brainer. And, and we are, I installed in two schools already here. And uh, uh, I saw today when we're coming out of winter, the one the one hit the 400 kilowatt mark today for record for record uh, contribution and generation today. And all of a sudden, what which is an operational and a very, very big expense, is now becoming a huge source of income. So it's an income stream like you can't believe. If you, if I, I work closely with a company now and they, they are in the in in line now. It's a huge company that actually they they producing um, apple juice and so on. They do about twenty four tons an hour of apples in the in the factory, huge factory, and uh, the utility bill is in the region of about four four and a half million rand. And their business case is suggesting that in terms of instead of paying it out, I get a plant worker. Hundred million rand, but it will be paid off in three of years. It will be paid off, and then for the rest of the twenty years, they're going to have a profit at at a, at an increase of with PPI uh, of six percent of inflation of six percent of two point two billion rand over the next twenty years. So it's completely it's, it's possible in South Africa if you are a school an institute. Uh, especially the old age homes, which is operational expenses to them because they all, they all got uh, uh, frail care centers and all those things. And we, we installing for these guys and all of a sudden an operational cost is becoming an income stream. So it's quite possible and I'm over the moon. It's happening right here in our own town as well. I installed for quite, quite a couple of guys that, and they're just so glad that they're taking this step that Every single one of them are having a face too as well. So, yeah, it, it, it is, but it is a wonderful story. can be. But you must remember that 2.2 billion rand that I'm talking about, we actually, we're actually not saving it. It's actually money that, that will, would have went to ESCOM to keep the country alive, and now ESCOM is actually funding this, funding, funding, funding this saving. So it's money that's out of pocket, they can't. They can't go back to a normal 
business principles and, and align their business according to their output. So they're still sitting with their 17,000 contractors, 42,000 employees, and they're producing less and less and less, and they still have low jelly. Even with everything that happened, I saw today that they're asking the wind farms now at night to turn off the turbines because they don't, they can't afford the, the prices of the turbines producing at night when there's when there's actually a very low. Uh, uh, it's not it's not a busy not a busy time, but there's so many plans that you can work around it that it is. I'm, I'm just I'm. I'm I'm really, I, I cannot understand the thinking of what these guys are doing. Unless it's almost like something, like a child that's sitting with a toy and is wanting to destroy it. Every single thing, every action, everything that they do, everything that they mention is counterproductive in terms of generation of power in South Africa. And on that note, uh, Marius, uh, that's it for Off the Grid for today. Uh, just uh, quickly, uh, before I let you go, um, how do we get in touch with you if we want to get off the grid? Uh, again, they can go to Procon's website, Procon SA's website. They can contact us there. They can contact me on my cell phone. The cell phone number is 082-692-0246, and they can contact me at any time. Give me a WhatsApp, give me an SMS. I will walk the way with the path with you. I will design your system free of charge. And even if you don't make use of us, please, I'm begging the guys, if you want, if there's any sanity in you, start with your solar system. Start with it, even if it's so small. We will design it for you. We will, we will walk, if, depending on your budget, you can start very, very small, and, and, and if your aim is to be off-grid in two or three or four years, you can achieve it. It is quite possible. So after four years, and then all of a sudden, there's operational cost of you also on a monthly basis can set around to an income stream. So I welcome every inquiry. Nothing too big and nothing too small as well. Solar is the way to go. It's the gift that keeps on giving, and it's the future, and it's here to stay, and it's reliable, unlike ESCOM, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's so true. We, one of the things that we can be for sure is the sun will come up tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> but we don't know if ESCOM is going to be with us tomorrow. You don't, never know if something's going to go Actually, boom don't in the night. Until 10 o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Marius, uh, Marius Duval from Procon SA, as always, uh, thank you, and then we'll catch up again uh, next week. And enjoy your birthday further today, and, and to eat a slice of cake on my behalf. Ach, baie dankie. Uh, Ons gaan so maak, Marius. Yeah, okay, Jan. Baie dankie. Goed gaan we jou. Okay, have a nice day. Jy bye ook, bye. dankie. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's face it. Load shedding isn't going anywhere. Not anytime soon. So don't you think it's time to get off the grid? Say goodbye to load shedding and hello to freedom. It's not as expensive as you think. You can simply rent to own. Start your solar journey with an entry-level system and systematically grow it to eventually be completely self-sustainable and off-grid. Procon SA will be there every step of the way. Contact Marius on 082-692-0246 
or email marius at procon-sa.co.za. And don't forget to catch Marius on e-radio every Thursday morning at 10 o'clock, chatting about all things solar and going green. The only way is Procon SA.